This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. We had began a teaching and some months back on the purpose of the family. It's been some time. It's probably been close to a year. Uh, the purpose of the family and my responsibility, my, my part was uh, children's responsibility to their parents. And I actually subtitled it, Hearing the Voice of God. And uh, I had began last week, and we want to go to Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to start at verse 1. I also gave you two foundational scriptures, which is Ephesians chapter 6, 1 and 2, and Deuteronomy 21, 18 to 23. We're not going to go to Deuteronomy this morning. We will definitely probably conclude there. But we definitely want to stay in Ephesians chapter 6 this morning. So if we can go there together this morning. Ephesians chapter 6, starting at verse 1. And it reads, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee. And that thou mayest live long on the earth. And uh, one statement we had began with when we started our classes, started off this uh, this series of teachings was uh, one of the statements was the call of the God, the call of God to the families. And it was the call of the family is to produce spiritually and emotionally established believers who in turn get God's redemptive work done on the earth. You know, I thought about that and. That is the goal. The, the goal, the call of the family is to produce those spiritually and emotionally established believers who in turn get God's redemptive work done on the earth. And I thought about that. You know, uh, it is all about positioning your child as a parent. You know, you think about how... Uh, the, and I, I've never been a parent, so I don't, I don't understand the struggles. I understood the struggles of my parent. And I see back and I can understand some of the struggles that she went through and the things that she dealt with with eight siblings uh, with, with all eight of us and, and, I, and I go back and I understand that that's a concern in the hearts of parents the concern in the hearts of parents is their children you know and, and are they going to be able to succeed in life you know are they going to have the necessary means to you know these are all things that go through the actual parents mind you know how are they you know how are we going to support our children how are we going to maintain what are, you know the, our home how are we going to make sure that they get the education they need how are we going to make sure that they're going to be able to succeed once they start relationships and start developing relationships are they going to be the people they need to be in these relationships when they get married all these questions come up in our minds but the thing about it is, we have to understand as believers, and this is in all of our areas, because these are things for every parent. Every, every parent in this world, every good parent. Every parent that's actually wanting to raise their children. Nobody wants to be a bad parent. Nobody. Not, not, not a parent that has any sense. No one wants to be a They want to raise their children to be productive adults. So that they can produce. Nobody wants to raise their child to to get into a marriage to get divorced. Nobody wants to raise their child to be a whoremonger. Nobody wants to raise their child to be in things that they're not supposed to do. You know, in drugs. Nobody raises their child to be in drugs. Nobody does that. The thing about it is, all of these things for the believer. And and Ephesians chapter 6 addresses the believers and their families. 
But all of these things, we got to come to the point where we can't grow weary in well-doing as parents. You, we have to come to the point where it's like, God, you're going to do what you said you're going to do with my child. If I do my part and put them in a position where they need to be, you are going to do what you're going to do. And that's the thing about producing, because the word produce is to bring into existence. You know, but what can we bring into existence? I like it also means give rise to. And the word, mean, the word give rise to means to make something happen. And that's exactly what the parents are doing. They're, they're, called, they're putting things into action. I remember the scripture this morning. And as I was studying, there's one that plants and there's one that waters. But it's God who gives the increase for this family. For, in, for anyone in any of our lives, there's a planting and there is a watering. But God gives the increase. And we can't, we can't stop. And I, and, I, and I commanded, you know, this thing, this straight is directed towards the children of Church of the Living Water. And those that are not of the Church of the Living Water, you can benefit from this. But when we speak these things, we're speaking to children. You've got to understand, I give a conclusion statement to the children. And we will read it. But this conclusion statement is, you've been placed in a place at Church of the Living Water where the Spirit of God is ministering to your hearts. And you can't deny that the Spirit of God is ministering. You've been placed there. You've been, you know, we talked about what's the difference between raising and commanding in the last teaching. And you know what? Raising is putting them in the atmosphere, in the place, in the position where they're able to be influenced by the right thing. You know, where they're able to see and hear and be exposed to the right thing. And children of Church of the Living Water, you have been exposed to the right thing. You've been exposed to the teaching of the Word of God. And the thing about it, you have to come to a place, because we have talked about this in the past, that if all you have is a parent-pleasing relationship, that's why that you see, when you look back at the people that have been here, children that have started here in the children's ministry of excellence, and they went to the youth with conviction. All these children, when you see that they're no longer here, but, and, and the thing is, not that they're no longer here, is that where they're at, they're not even close to God. That they're away from the things of God. That they want nothing. That they have a different mentality about of, of what their parents, you know, what they were exposed to. It's because they never come to a point where they heard God themselves. A lot of t- they never heard where they come to the point where it's like, I'm dealing with God. I'm not dealing with my parents, and I'm not dealing with necessarily with, with the elders or with the with with the authorities in my life. My direct dealings are with the Spirit of God. And the thing is, and the thing is, they've been exposed to that, but they've rejected it. They didn't want anything to do with it. But, you know, here or there, the reasonings, the thing about it is, the children here, that's not what we want for you. We want you to be able to have a relationship with God for yourselves. And I guarantee you, as we continue, that's, that's the whole goal, for the Spirit of God to minister to you directly. So once a command is given, you understand where the command comes from. So we're going to read this again, and, I, and I'll, I'll go back to Ephesians 6, but I want to read some of my introductory statements. Our focus is the family. And in previous teachings, we have learned that every individual within the family structure has a command from God. The family, which is comprised of the male father, the female mother, and the children, they all have a direct command from God, which is instruction from the Most High. This command is not from man even though it will come through a human vessel, the command is coming directly from God. I said, we as a congregation which is made up of families, as we prepare ourselves to be used by God and prepare the next generation to hear and obey the voice of God, 
we must not fail to address and punish all stubbornness and disobedience and rebellion towards God in our midst. That is, in our own lives and in the lives of our children. For in doing so, we assure God a seed that will obey Him and glorify them, Him in their generations. Lastly, the Scripture is commanded to obey the parents, children to obey the parents, for this is right and, and to honor your father and mother. So we're going to see how this will be accomplished in, the, in our midst to bring God the honor that is owed Him. You know, and I'm going to go do reviewing. Some of this stuff I'm going to review quickly, but there's a last part of this review that I'm going to slow down because I am going to stay on it because this is something that I started last week. But the purpose and goal of the teaching was to equip the families with the knowledge of how to teach and direct a child to fear. That is, reverently respect the Lord. Hear His, hear his voice and obey. Once again, it is to equip the families with the knowledge of how to teach and direct a child of fear. That is, reverently respect the Lord, hear His voice, and obey. Thus, strengthening this local body and the body of Christ at large. And we're going to do that by these objectives. It's to examine this command given in Ephesians 6 and 1, and 1, and 1 through 2. We're going to examine A, who gave it, and B, to whom was it directed to. And we have touched on those things. We're also going to give, to give we want to give the, the child an understanding of how to obey God's command and how to honor their parents. And we're going to touch on that more today. Third, we're going to examine the resistance in our midst, the opposition to obeying God's command. And lastly, we want to examine how the parent must position their child to hear the voice of God and obey. So a reoccurring statement that I said last week was obedience to parents is the foundation principle to all authority. If a child does not obey parents in everything and recognize their authority, then the child will not recognize other authorities. And I advised you, and we spoke to this last week, we alluded to this and we've talked about this, that when you look at your child, because rebellion, it's, it's the act or state of disobedience. It's opposition and resistance to the authority. That's what it is. Bottom line, you could say a recipe, the recipe for, 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 a, for a rebellion is stubbornness, disregard, and just, just wanting to do your own thing. Because that's the bottom line. I, 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 and I told you this week, last week, that I, I, didn't, I don't have children. I, was, I, I don't have a wife. I don't have children. But I could see the example. I know what it means to be stubborn and rebellious in the home. And I know what that causes in the home with other siblings. And I know that what causes, because that is influential. Stubbornness and rebellion is influential. And if it's not addressed in your home with your child, they will influence another child. They will influence. They will make it hard on your life. On your life, a stubborn and rebellious child will make it difficult for you. You know, I was told this past week about you know an individual at work. She was telling me that, you know, that something happened with a with an item of hers and she had lost it, and she realized that she had left it at a place. And a child, she said, a child had realized that she had certain things in this thing. And he's the one that took it after they examined the the the, the actual the actual uh, the uh, the actual uh, footage and it's just things that happen. But the thing is, those things are embarrassing to parents. Those are things that they can cause embarrassment. And there's like you know this is not what I expect from my child. But anything that is not addressed in a child 
it will come up in life. It will come up in their, in their attitudes towards their teachers. It will come up in their attitude towards their peers. You know, it will come up in their attitudes towards their bosses. You know, I'm telling you, you, get a, you see people, you just examine people. Examine people's attitudes at work. And people's attitudes at work is like, you know what, I'll do what I want to do. And if I don't want to do that, that's, one, that's not what I'm going to do. Even though, even though they can get fired from a job, they can still have this attitude that, you know what, I'm not going to do no more than what I'm asked to do. And I won't go beyond that. You know, that is an attitude of rebellion. That you may think, well, I'm doing everything. Else. No, you have to do that which is excellent to God as a believer. But the thing about it is, we all, I, I look at this. We're going to give a key to what it means to obey. We're going to give instructions on how to obey. But that's all found in honor. And we've talked about obedience in our ministry for time and time again. And I want to tell you that I, I made this statement. Without true obedience, there will be no true obedience without honor. And that's how all of us are going to come to obedience. Every one of us are going to come to an obedient state by coming to what we understood, coming to understand what honor really means. You know, it doesn't matter. I think about even correction and instruction and righteousness. When a child gets corrected, when anybody gets corrected, you know that they have to have honor even in their correction. There has to be honor. There has to be an understanding that you know what? You're dealing, you're still, once again, in your correction, in your instruction, in your discipline, at home or wherever it is, you have to understand as a believer that there has to be honor towards God even in your correction. How you receive it, how you view it, what, what, you, what you're expected in it, everything has to be honorable before God. Because at the very end of the day, you can obey and you can do what you're, what you're asked to do, but if you do it with the right, wrong heart, God is like that. That is not acceptable. And I see that. And that's going to follow you in your life. And that's going to affect you in your life. And that's what we're trying to get to the, to the children, to an understanding that who is speaking to them? Who is commanding them? So the reoccurring, once again, the reoccurring statement throughout this teaching is obedience to parents is the foundation principle to our authority. And for children, the home is the platform or stage for learning that foundation principle, obedience to parents. It's the platform. That's where you're going to learn. If they don't get it right in your home, somebody else is going to struggle. Somebody, their husband, their wife, their children, somebody, their employers, their teachers, somebody is going. Society will be affected by your rebellious child. You've got to understand that. These things, these things, I, I guarantee you, people in obedience are not suffering the, 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 the consequences of people that are in rebellion. You see that through the world. I can tell you this much. People that are in rebellion are usually fearful of their future. They are, they're, they're to the point of like, even through this time where we talk about everything that's going on with the, uh, the COVID-19, you, may, you examine your life. You know what? Where is your trust? Do I look to God? Am I hoping in God? Am I seeking God? Am I wanting God's will? Am I desiring to do the will of God? All those things come from a person whose hope is in the Lord. It doesn't mean that they don't see or they don't feel the effects of what's going on. But their trust is still in God. Even when they look to their children, okay, you may be at your house, you may be in your home where you're having to teach your child, where you're having to help them with their education. You're doing your work and having to help them with their education. And the thing about it, God is like, but I am still on the throne. I am still the one ministering to your child. Trust me. 
So that's where we're getting to the point where we're going to come to the point in our lives where the child is dealing directly with God. So Ephesians chapter 6, and this is where I left our, started off last week and ended on children obey your parents in the Lord and honoring your father and your mother. So once again, let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. And I submitted to you last week, when you read this passage of Scripture, because this is the way we, when, when I study, I start reading it, and I look for words that really stand out to me. So when I read this passage of Scripture, and I submitted to you, when we read it, the command was clearly stated from the very beginning. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Uh, for this is right, honor thy father and mother. But, if you look at it, the only thing that was said in that passage of Scripture is children obey your parents in the Lord and honor thy father and thy mother. This, the, 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 the matter was complete. He actually said everything that he needed to say. He said, children obey your parents in the Lord, honor thy father and thy mother. Everything that was needed was given in that instruction. But he makes a statement, he says, for this is right. And for this is right to me, I started looking at, is this in italics? And, and, and I want to explain to you, when something's in italics, it was added by the privilege of the translator. They put it in there, but this was not in italics. So to me, it's something that needs to be looked at and examined. He said, children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. And I started looking at it, and I wanted to examine that statement. So I inquired into it. I believe that statement is given after the command. It gives us insight regarding the command. It will give us insight to what, to what, who is speaking, and why is it need? Why does it need to be? Why does it need to be obeyed? He said, "Children, obey your parents of the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother." It also, it, I believe, the statement gives power to that command. It adds something to that command. It directs the one addressed, being addressed, which is the children, to the one that was given the command. It directs them. It doesn't just, you know, of course we say, okay, the whole scripture is written and directed to us by God. We understand that. But he said, this is right. And when I started examining that, you may think, okay, why is this important? Why is it important for me to understand this is right? This is righteous. This is upright. And this is just. This is, this is what God commands of me. Why is that important? Because now the child is left to deal directly with God. Because he understood, because anybody can say, you have to obey because God commands me. But when they understand that this is righteous, this is just, this is upright, this is God. And I like the way it says it because it's, this is, he says, this is a, in accordance, in agreement. It's in accordance with God's compelling standards. And I like, and I made mention of that. I'm, I'm reviewing this and I want to take my time with it because I want you to understand where God is bringing a child to. At the very end of the day, he's bringing them to himself and saying, I'm talking to you. I'm ministering to you. I am dealing to you. Your parents tell you, and I tell you this, it's interesting that it seems to me that the parent is a recipient of your obedience, but your obedience is definitely directed to God. They're, they're receiving, they're, 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 you're obeying your parent, but it's not directed to your parents, it's directed to the one who gave the command. So when I disobey, I have to be left with, I disobeyed God, I didn't disobey my parents. When I disobey, you've got to understand, even in the ministry, when we disobey and we come short and we fall short, we didn't disobey man. 
We disobeyed God who gave the command. My dealings are still directed with God. They're not directed to you. You are not my problem. Your authority is not your problem. The problem, the situation that you're dealing with is God Himself. And you may think, I'm telling you, once again, if you're visiting, you come to the conclusion, well, the Word of God, not everything in the Word of God is, is true. I don't believe everything in the Word of God. Then I'm asking you this. What you believe about the Word of God or what you think you know about the Word of God, when you look at your standard, if you look at your standard, and I, and, and I want to relate to something of the world this morning so you can see that the world has nothing of their own. They grab standards out of the Word of God and it just confirms that the Word of God is true. Because they have nothing of their own. But if you look at your standard, you can say, well, I don't agree with this standard standard of the Word of God. But I try to raise my child to do this and do this and do this and all these things which are morally correct to do. And I'll ask you, where did you get that standard? What makes that standard right? Especially if you go to church and you say, I don't believe everything about the Word. When you go to church and say, I don't believe everything about the Word of God, you, not God, has an issue. And you may think, no, that's, that's not true. I have a relationship with God. Based on what? What do you have a relationship with God? Based on your own standard or your own belief on what you got? But you got that from another man. And you say, once again, I addressed this last week. You say, this is written by a man. All of this, is, and I would say it's written by a man inspired by God, and God confirms His Word and shows me that it's true. See, the Word of God doesn't contradict one another one, it, itself. It doesn't con- contradict itself. It actually testifies of itself throughout the Scriptures. From Genesis, you can see Jesus Christ and what God was doing all the way to Revelations. But you don't understand that you want to pick and choose, and then in, you, in your trouble, you want to come to God and say, God, fix this. And God says... The Word of God has your, has your answer. And you're still looking for your standard. Does it agree with my standard? And I once again I'll say, where did you get your standard from? And it has to be from another man. And I got my standard from men, the apostles of the Lamb. The prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. All of that came from this. They were men inspired by God. And the results, you can come back to the end of the day. We can argue and argue this thing. But at the end of the day I will ask you, does God speak to your heart about your future, your days, and your future, and the future of your children? Or are you unsure of your future? Because bottom line, that's where God's like, I am in your future. And it has to be according to the Word of God. So we're going back to what we were saying about this command. It's righteous, it's just, it's upright. And I like what he says. It's, it's that which is accordance to God's Compelling standards. And the word compelling, it's, it's interesting how God is just going to lead us down a path when He goes into honor thy father and thy mother. The word compelling means that which has power, a powerful and irresistible effect. It's that which is, it's, it, it requires acute. Acute was extremely great and serious admiration. Extremely great and serious attention. Extremely great and serious Respect. It requires that. God says, I'm bringing you to a standard, and when I bring you to this standard, this is the attention that I, you need to pay to this standard. So, through all of that, this came through, this is right. For God says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise. So, now we've come to honor. 
we've come to, to the place of honor thy father and thy mother. And I want you to write this definition down for honor. Because I believe as we define honor, it gives instructions on how to obey parents and the Lord. And this is where we ended up last week on honor. The word honor, it comes from a Greek word which means to be heavy or make weighty. To, make, to be heavy or make weighty. I want you to write that down. To be heavy or make weighty. It means numerous, rich, and honorable. And I'll take my time so you can write this because I want you to understand this because I, I believe this is something that with a child they have to understand. This is a principle, a foundation principle of obedience that they have to understand. That they don't have the answers. They don't understand the way they're supposed to understand. They look for somebody. Every one of us needs somebody to get an understanding. Each and every, and a child has to understand that I can't be wise in my own opinion and my own sight. A child has to understand that I can't just do what I want to do, you know, and have the attitude. Even though I'm, I'm obeying, I'm still doing what I want to do. I'm doing it how I want to do it. So, I read, going back to the definition, to be heavy or make weighty, to be numerous, rich and honorable. It means to honor. As I read this Bible, uh, dictionary of Bible languages, it means to honor, be heavy, weigh much. That is to have an object physically heavy, make heavy or feel heavy. It's an object, and, and, and I want you to get the, the idea of weight, something that, that, that's weighty is, is pretty much the, the idea of honor. It also means, it talks about, in some contexts, it talks about, implies a raising or changing of financial status. So it pretty much means that it, that is being in a state of high status or bringing oneself to a state of high status is what honors. So we talked about, we talked about that which is waiting and something that is brought to a state of high status. And I want to, I want to submit to you that your parents' opinion... And once again, I'm speaking to, to parents of Church of the Living Water because I understand, I believe their heart is to want the Word of God. If you're in front of the streaming, if you're in our services, if you come to hear the Word of God, your heart is to obey the Word of God. So I come to you and I will tell you that for a child, your parents' opinions, your parents' outlook on things, your parents' Uh, you know, what, whatever decisions they want, they're, they're making for you and choices they're telling you you should make. Even, and, I, and, and, I, and, and this is easy for small children. Small children because they don't have nowhere else to go, right? A, a young adult, a young adult, they have some place to go. But even if you get out of your parents' house, young adult, you know that this honor is still owed to your parents. Never does the scripture say you stop honoring your parent when you get outside your home. Because if you have the attitude that, oh man, I can't wait to get out of my home to do what I want to do, know this, you're already in rebellion in your own home. Because a person, I guarantee a person that's not in rebellion, they're trying to gather as much as they can because they know they're going to need it in the future. And see, that's what, what people don't understand. Most children think that they, they know what they know and they know what they need to know to make it in this world. And most, I'm going to tell you this, 100% of you don't. 100% of children do not know that because no one, see, because they don't know what's in their future. Your parent has been 
where you've been. The Bible says that there's nothing new under the sun. Everything that is being done now, it has been done. There's nothing new. There's no new sin. There's, there's nothing new. Even inventions, they come up with something that's already here and they make it something different. But it's all about what's already here for God. Nothing is new under the sun. So we get back to this. Your opinions, their opinions, are their, their instructions and in righteousness, all of that cannot be disregarded. It can't be disregarded. Once you disregard it, and I want you to write down the definition for disregard. To disregard means to treat without due regard, without due respect, and without due attentiveness. I want you, once again, I want you to think of disregard in this fashion. It's one of the ingredients in the recipe of rebellion. If you disregard the counsel of your parent, and it can be in anything. You know, I was you know, wondering if I should go in a certain direction or not. But it can be in anything that they tell you. I don't care. It could be in what you wear. It can be the type of clothing you wear, the kind of things that you do. The, uh, uh, let's address piercings and tattoos. And, and I'll say this, piercing and tattoos are not sending anyone to hell. So don't, don't, don't think that, oh, that, that church, you know, they, they think, no, it doesn't send anyone to hell. That's not, that's not a, a standard to get into heaven or hell. That's not, it's just believing the gospel. But let me take you back in, 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 in regarding these tattoos and piercings that our, that our children want to get or they have gotten. And I will say this, if your parent advised you not to, and even if you're an older adult and you did it outside of their authority, even because, see, it wasn't that it was necessarily going to condemn you, but you put yourself in a place where you're outside of God's authority. Just because they advise you, this is not my counsel, this is not what I desire of you to do, and, and they give you their reasonings, that reasoning should have been attentively listened to, respected and honored. Regardless, you know, even if, like, once again, I'll go back to clothing. Even what you wear and they've told you this is not proper and just because you're out of the home and you wear those things any, anyway, you do. And I, I'm going to natural things. You know, it could be anything. It could be the counsel to go after a certain thing. Let's say that you're, because you're, you're a young adult. You know, you, you can get jobs when you want to, especially if you qualify for them. You can get a job, but if your parent has looked into that job and they've asked you questions about that job and the time that you're going to spend there and the time you're going to spend away from the Word of God and where it puts you and they give you counsel and you reject that counsel, know that you are in rebellion. That's just seeds of rebellion. All of that is, it's not nothing. You may think, well, what does that have to do with God? You've got to understand where rebellion comes from. It comes from the devil himself. You've got to understand one thing about, uh, about our Christianity. We have an enemy. And a lot of times, sometimes in our minds, we don't remember that we have an enemy. That we have an adversary towards God. And he hates the things of God. He hates you. He hates everything about you. Why is mankind so precious? Why is mankind so, you know, they have this special will that they can decide to do this or decide to do that. And God comes to him and says, I want you to obey me by your choice. He comes to you and, represent, and presents himself through other people and shows you his standard. And if you think about that, mankind is the only one that can decide whether they want to or whether they don't want to. 
All creation obeys God. Every creation, every part of creation obeys God. But mankind has that choice. And when you go back to it, a lot of times we look at it as, no, this is just me. Not understanding, and I made a statement, what is the problem in our side? What is our, what is our problem? And that's what we're going to come to in this. We wrote, let's deal with the problem and what caused the problem. The problem in our, in our lives is that we have an enemy, Satan, who is the God of this world system. And he is after our children's heart, their attention, and their ignorant allegiance. Because I want to be honest with you. And I want you to go to one, so Ephesians chapter 2. We have, a lot of times people don't understand that, no, I'm following my own thing. I'm doing my own thing. And I am heading in where I want to go. And that's, that was Satan's problem. That was Lucifer's problem. Lucifer's problem was he wanted to do things his way. This is what I am going to do. See, anytime you put self, because remember, when it comes down to, to a rebellion, it leaves God and authority out of the equation. It leaves God and his authority out of the equation and it becomes all about self-gratification and pleasing mankind. Because pretty much that's what you're doing. It's self-gratification and you're pleasing somebody else because you've been influenced by somebody else even in your own home. So you have this thought and this mentality that this is what I'm going to do outside of the counsel of God. That's not your own, your own idea. That comes from some other, some other influence who has influenced somebody else who has influenced someone else. And all of it, bottom line, is demonic. It comes from the enemy himself. Because the enemy will never... Well, God, go back. God will never pull you out of a place where you're under authority. He will never pull you, will never direct you to be out from under authority. The whole... Your whole life, your whole entire life is going to be consisted of being under somebody. You're always going to be under somebody. I don't care who you are. I don't care. You know, you, you may be, you know, the, the highest official in the United States of America. And if you're not under somebody's authority, you are in trouble. Because you think you can do your own thing and do what you want to do. And God's like, no, that's not the way it's set up at all. I've established authorities to direct and protect your life. And that's what God is doing. He's directing and protecting us. I told you to go to Ephesians chapter, six, chapter 2, right? Ephesians chapter 2. And it says, verse 1, And you hath he made alive, quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversations in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the of, of desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature children of wrath even as others. That is the place that people are in without Christ Jesus. And they're influenced by we're called children of disobedience. Children of disobedience because that's where we come from. We come from a disobedient... I like what, what Jesus told the Pharisees. These were religious leaders. These were religious leaders that, that should have known the commands of God and Jesus looked at them and said... You are of your father, the devil. He said, you are of your father. Because he lied from the beginning and that's what you are. You know, he talked about their wicked ways and how they were. But all of it came down to rebellion towards God. 
So let's get back to this. And that's just what I want you to understand. You're not following your own. You're not doing your own thing. You are following the influence of this world. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, and that's what the bottom line it comes to, are you a believer in Jesus Christ? Because people that are believers in Jesus Christ don't want to continue in rebellion. That's why he comes back and tells you, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. This is me speaking to you. This is me dealing with you. This is where I want you to be directed because I'm going to teach you what it means to honor. Let's go back to this word honor in conclusion again. The word honor, when I started thinking about that to make heavy, to be heavy, to make weighty, I came to, you know, I started thinking about that and I came to uh, thinking, you know, what can I use? What kind of example can I use to actually portray what this means? And I went to Google, of course. So for those that don't think that, that standards of the Word of God are, can be found in this world, I'm not talking about that's where they get it. They get the standard by the Word of God. They don't get it of themselves. But I thought about the word carrying weight and what it means. And I went to writingexplain.org if you want to go to it. If you, those that don't believe the Bible so you can see how the Bible is true. To carry weight with someone means to carry influence in someone's mind. So that's what it means to carry weight. You're carrying influence. When something carries weight, it is influential. And things that carry lots of weight with someone are more important to that person than the other things. So when something carries weight, those things are more important to that person than the other things. To describe things as carrying a lot of weight with someone is a way of describing what a person prioritizes. That's what I prioritize. When something carries weight with me, it's priority to me. It's important to me. And then I thought about a scale. You know, do I, to, to, and, and I saw of that scale, it explains the scale and it gives a perfect example of what it talks about. It says, to make sense of this, imagine a two-sided scale. Things that weigh more than others will push the scale in the direction and will weigh down the scale more than the other. As in this image, things carry weight, they carry weight with someone are pushing his or her mind in a given direction more than any other thing. So, when you come down to it, you have to do that, children. A child has to do what you understand. See, you, you got the right. And, and I'm speaking, once again, I'm, we're speaking to all children because we want you to come to the point where it is God speaking to you. So, when you read this scripture, you've got to understand, this is the Spirit of God dealing with me. But I'm dealing necessarily with those younger adults that think that I can do my own thing. And are able to go and do their own thing if they want to do it. But when you come down to it, you have to have made your parents that their, their instructions and in righteousness, their direction. And when he talked about parents, he's not just talking about any parent because he says parents in the Lord. So parents in the Lord, their instruction that is given in the Lord, it has to carry much weight in your life. Because if it doesn't carry much weight in your life, you will dishonor. You will bring them dishonor. The word, this, one of the words for honor, if you look at it in a bad sense, it means to be burdensome. You will be burdensome in your parents' life. That's when, when you go back to Deuteronomy chapter 21, I believe, where it addresses the rebellious child. The Bible says that they brought him to the elders and say, this is my stubborn and rebellious child. He's stubborn and he's rebellious. And the Bible says that they said, we've addressed him and we've disciplined him and he refuses to obey. And the Bible says that they counted that person as dead. 
That means it's like you cannot influence. See, if you're in that fashion, then you should not be in your home influencing other, other children as it pertains. When you have the ability when you said, well, you, no child of Church of Living Water should be in their home. And we talked about this, where you, where you have somebody else, when you have somebody else, and when, you, when you're a terrorist in your own home. No child. And, and as it pertains to Church of the Living Water, that's why they have to address it in their own home. You have to make sure you address that from a, from a child. We looked at this. We talked about them. We're going to talk about this more next week, about positioning your child. So, we look at Hannah in the book of 1 Samuel. And we're going to look at that. But Hannah positioned her child well. But I want you to understand throughout the passages of Scripture as you read, I want you to go read 1 Samuel chapter 1 and 2 and 3. You know, if, and that will give you insight and help you to next week because I guarantee you that as you read it, you're going to notice something. From the very beginning, as it starts talking about Elkanah and it starts talking about Hannah and it starts talking about Penina and it starts talking about the, the, the sons of Eli, immediately he says, the sons of Eli were there. From the beginning, the sons of Eli were in this place. And Hannah knew that the sons of Eli were there. Elkanah knew that the sons of Eli were there. And as you continue reading, the Bible says that they purposely knew where to position their child. And they positioned them in a place where the Spirit of God was. They purposely positioned them. And the Bible says that Samuel ministered unto the Lord. He ministered unto God. And, even, and, and through this whole thing you will find, and the sons of Eli were there. And the sons of Eli were sons of Belial. They were wicked people that knew not the Lord. But it's so interesting that if you read the passage of Scripture, you're going to come where it says, and Samuel knew not the, knew not the Lord nor the voice of God as of yet. So what's the difference between him not knowing the Lord and the sons of Eli not knowing the Lord. The sons of Eli refused to be positioned. Samuel was in obedience. And even though he didn't know God at the time, he came to know the voice of God by being in the right place. So, Church of the Living Water, we're just commanded to position our child in the position that God wants them to be. He deals with them. That's why I'm telling you all this passage of Scripture in Ephesians chapter 6 and 1 is just to bring a child to the understanding that I am dealing with you. It is not your parents. You have to be left child when you, you, and you have to examine your own. You, I guarantee you that you know your rebellion. Even as a child, you know your wickedness. You know your lies. You know your deceit. You know everything that you're doing behind your parents' back. You know all those things. And what are we doing? We're not telling you necessarily, you've got to do this because we're your parents. We have to say, you've got to obey God. If you're a person that comes to say, I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I've been baptized. You have to come to a place where obedience is because that obedience of yours is directly directed straight to God. It's like, I do this because I love God. Once again, I told you, obedience didn't start in our life until we have accepted Jesus Christ. True obedience. Because that's where honor comes from. Honor, when we follow the instructions of honor and you start doing this, children... Say, you know what? What has my father and my mother told me that I have not done? What have they told me? What have they instructed? I don't care what age you are. But what have they instructed me to do and I did it anyway? You, go, you better go to them and you better repent to them. Say, you know what? Forgive me. It's just like the prodigal son. When he repented, he said, Father, I re- I've sinned against you and against heaven. I've sinned against you and my God. I didn't just sin against... I've sinned against you and God. Because you are the authority of God. See, you've got to understand, parents, you are the authority of God in your child's life. 
And if you don't understand that it is you that has to position them right, it is you that they're going to learn obedience. Look at it. Say, my child's disobedience is going to hurt somebody in the future. So I better address it. I better come to the Word of God and say, what is God saying? So that I can make sure this is being addressed in my child. But children, you know, bottom line, God is speaking to you. So you have to obey God. You have to go to your parents and do whatever you have to do. Like I said, you know the things in your life. Because if you have God in your heart, the Spirit of God is already dealing with you also. We are finished with this, past, uh, this portion of family life. We will see you at 10 o'clock. God bless you. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net. Thank you.